1: afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm happy to be with you today. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And today we tackle, uh, Monday nights actually, we tackle financial topics. Some of the topics are uh, confusing for some people. Some of them are just myth busters. Some of them are some of my favorite topics. And most of them are what people ask me about and what they um, are looking for answers for. Because what we do here is we break down finances into a manageable and understandable way because you really can understand your own finances. I firmly believe that uh, my, my day uh, identity is as a financial advisor and a bookkeeper and we have in our financial um, practice believing our, our motto is really that you can understand your own stuff and really you only need to understand your own stuff. So that's what we're committed to. And that's what our show is committed to. We're also committed here on the Inspired Choices Network to help people understand their life and their purpose, as well as their finances and How to have balance and happiness in all areas of their family life, their work life, their volunteer life, um, their quiet time, just for me, kind of part of their life. Um, So there's all kinds of great shows and great hosts that I encourage you to to plug into. If you need help with your pet, if you need help with your kids, if you need help with your business, if you need help with your mindset, uh, we certainly have uh, lots of opportunities to help you with that. Um, If you need help readjusting the energy in your life or fixing it, we certainly can uh, find one of our hosts that help you with that. Um, The beauty of the network is we're a holistic approach. So if there's something that we're missing, because that could happen, uh, reach out to Christine McIver. She's the network owner and the host of the Inspired Choices Network show. And she will talk to you about becoming your own host because there's lots of areas that might be missing and there's lots of opportunities for people to share their gifts with us and the rest of the world. Because if you're thinking of it, I guarantee you someone else's. Um, now, my, my day job, I have to share, is as an advisor and uh, a bookkeeper, I enjoy the numbers, I'm not gonna lie, it's a lot of fun. And I find that it's more like a puzzle to a lot of people that they have a hard time putting together. And the reason, I find most people have a hard time putting it together is because the industry makes it complicated. And I don't know. uh, I shouldn't say, I was going to say, I don't know why, but I think I (laughs) kind of do some people in the industry, it makes them, they think they think they sound smarter or they sound um, like you can't do it without them. uh, You know, like it's such a mystery in a complicated world that you have to have somebody. And the truth of the matter is it helps like anything, it helps to have someone there to support you as an advisor and give you advice and, and share with you different options and strategies and so forth. But you do not need to understand all kinds of levels of complication if it doesn't apply to you. So why people torture themselves with trying to know this, I always am amazed because you're always finding in my world, um, that people are keeping up with their neighbors or competing with their cousin or their siblings or whatever the case is. And I, and I always try and reassure them that it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what you think they're doing, because the key is most people really don't know what the other people are doing. They just think they do. You think because you see them posting on their social media, they've had these fancy vacations or they bought another vehicle or they bought a bigger house or They put in a pool or whatever, bought another toy, like a a trailer or a boat or whatever it is. You think that things are super and they're doing so well and making so much more money. But I can tell you from working in numbers all day that there's a lot of people out there who are just hanging in there. And while they may have all this glamorous looking stuff, they are struggling and they're in debt and they are not prepared for the future and they are worried about their future. So let's just focus on ourselves. Because once we get ourselves straight, this is how I I think that it's really cool how we fit together in a world and in a community. But if we all looked after our own stuff, and we were all organized and financially aware of what we had, and and we were comfortable understanding our finances to a point that now we can talk about our finances and we can prepare for the future. And it's not scary, but it's actually fun because now we understand it. And if all of us were financially independent and secure, then we would, as a community and then as a country and as, as the world as a whole, we would all elevate to a higher level. And I think when we look at it that way, instead of looking, starting at the macro level and saying, well, I need this and I need that and how much money I need to retire, start just at the micro level at your own level and say, how do I control my spending? How do I look at my savings? How do I prepare for my future? What do I really need? What do I really have coming in? How do I track my cash? The money coming in versus the money going out and is it more or less? Because it doesn't matter how much we make, it's how much we keep. We need to hang on to our money and we need to know how much that is. And once we do that, and we start to see in our own households that we're financially successful, then that just automatically translates into success outside of the household, because now we're more confident and we're more comfortable talking about money. So join me any Monday night, every topic we tackle is about money, because I do believe that um, at some point in our lives, comes back to finances and we have to know our money and we have to know how it affects us and we have to know what we need and understand what we've got and if there's a topic that we have not done or there's a topic that we've done but we need more details on then let me know email me join us in the chat room uh send me uh, a message on social media uh, contact the network and that goes for every show so if there's any host that you would really like to connect with and ask a question of, or ask them to do a topic on uh, something specific, then just reach out. I know here I'm, I love those because I'm I'm always happy to do what I know people are specifically looking at. And I do talk to people all the time and ask them, and that's where the shows come from. So the series I have been doing just in the last little while, we did a short series and tonight's our last uh Wrap up for the pandemic series because we're all in this together. And we're looking in our series here on how small business is adjusting its operations, it's using social media. And in Canada, we have something called CERB, which is the Canadian Emergency Response Benefits, how that's going to affect your taxes, um, how to prepare for that now. I know in the US uh, as well, there's different programs being discussed. There's always, I know every day they're talking on the news networks about the stimulus uh, potential and a new package coming through. There's been lots of stimulus packages sent out to various uh, people in different countries Um, all over the world. There's been something being done because of the pandemic. Uh, So we are in it together. We are just not all getting the exact same program if we're in a different country. So I'm going to talk about Canada because that's where I am. Uh, There's a lot of similarities in the US. It's just called different names in a lot of cases. But uh, tonight we're going to talk about the pandemic and your finances, and we're going to talk about business, especially small business, because uh, the stats are scary when it comes to small business. I say they're scary in a general on a normal day. Uh, with this pandemic, they're super scary because there's an awful lot of businesses that they're talking aren't going to make it to reopen at all ever. Uh, I know even just where I am in Ontario. Canada. Uh, I have seen a lot of businesses in my own community that have shut down and it, it's heartbreaking because I really, really, really hate seeing businesses fail. I I know it's a challenge sometimes to uh, run a business and you've got a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of sweat that have gone into it. And then you come into a pandemic and it's uh, super scary because now here you are navigating through something that's not just normal business practices. So tonight we'll talk a little bit about um, the small business. We'll also talk about pandemics uh, and financial savings and situations. There's, um, there's a couple uh, articles I, I read and I like to, to share with you sometimes what I, I learn just so you don't have to read them, <laughs> it makes it easier. Uh, but some of the experts are sharing some tips on saving for this pandemic. And one of them is David Hicks. He's an advisor in the U.S. And one of the things he has uh, come up with, if you will, is a budget rule that he calls the 50-30-20 rule. And he makes it really simple. And he says 50% of your money goes into your needs, 30% goes to your wants, and 20% goes to your savings. And this is a cross the board for him, but he said, especially start it with the pandemic so that what you're doing is you're forcing yourself into a habit, a good habit, because we all have good habits, we all have bad habits. And this is one of those good habits where we want to start saving money and we wanna start investing in our future. And we want to be preparing for our future, and at the same time, we want to be enjoying our current life and the present moment. So we have to balance. And, I, and I'm not a huge fan of saying this work-life balance because I think it's just a just a balance of yourself and a balancing of whether you have money to go on a trip and enjoy your life now, or whether it's the balance of having your 80 year old self look back. Uh, which, for anyone that's listened to me on the show, I'm, I'm a I've quoted the Jeff Bezos story before and his philosophy, which I, I really like how he sits and asks his 80-year-old self if he's going to regret what he's having done something or not having done something. So if you just ask if you, your 80-year-old self, uh, you know, do I regret not having started saving money sooner or do I regret saving money sooner? I think you're going to find it's always the, the regret not starting sooner because we can get, get into this really cool thing called, called compounding, which Uh, It's just money that makes money, that makes money, that makes money. So it's a very cool thing. But in this pandemic, Hicks, he talks about getting yourself into a good habit and getting these side effects from the pandemic on, uh, or sorry, one of the side effects of the pandemic is that uh, you can really drain your cash if you're not careful and you'll be spending it on extra stuff because um, what's happening is we're getting a lot of people working at home or staying at home, or we have some, a lot of kids who are not back in school, and they're studying virtually. Uh, so we're spending more money, because it's easy to shop online, or because we've got some sort of uh, financial assistance with the government coming in, that's extra money. So it's easy to, to spend that extra money. And, and that's what he's saying, it's just a, it's a habit that would be easy to get into. So you want to consciously start saving money. So His, his formula is easy. And if it works for you, it's the 50, 30, 20 rule, 50 goes to your needs, 30 goes to your wants and 20 goes to your savings. For those of you in Canada, you might remember the wealthy barber from, uh, I think it was about 20 years ago now that David Chilton wrote and his whole concept was very similar to this. It was about paying yourself first, So he takes the first 10% off the top of your income and what you earn and the rest of it goes towards your uh, payments, uh, which would be your needs and your wants. So he pays your, his paying yourself first is that 10% goes into your investments and your savings. So it's very similar ideas. Some are easier for other people than others. So again, it's whatever works for you. It's not just about what works or what the book says or what somebody says on the radio or somebody says in their book, it's about what works for you and what makes it work in your household. Uh, But I do believe that especially in the pandemic, if you have not had a a disciplined savings, this is a great time to start because we've had so many changes in our world (laughs) that we want to um, make sure that we start with some good habits because We have 100% changed how we do things in the last few months and things are not going back to normal, whatever that normal looks like anytime soon by the sounds of it. I know in Canada, they've got programs that have extended into September of 2021. The United States, I know, is looking at uh, different stimulus packages that are extending into next year. I know there's an election in a few weeks, which is going to have a huge contribution to what that looks like, I'm sure. Um, The UK is making changes on uh, what's open and what's not. And when they're shutting down, there's just a lot of changes going on in the world. So why don't we, instead of living in fear, why don't we empower ourselves and start a regimented disciplined savings plan? And that goes for businesses too. Because it's not just about uh, the income that comes into the business, the revenue, and just spending it all after the expenses. You want to set yourself up a capital reinvestment or uh, a future planning account, whatever you want to call it. But there's a lot of time where you're going to need that money when uh, situations arise where cash cash flow is, is pretty tight. And you're also going to want to have some capital reinvestment, which means you can reinvest into your business. So, for example, if you're a service industry and restaurants are huge examples of this, where they've been hit really, really hard and gymnasiums and dance studios. If you are in a position where you're one of those small businesses and you can't open because you're legislated to be shut down, then you've probably switched to something online like Uh, restaurant with takeout or dance videos online or lessons online, Uh, gym memberships might have uh, personal training, uh, one on one where you do it online. Uh, There's all kinds of modifications that businesses have been making. And obviously, if you can't do it in person, and you just can't shut down your business is done. So they're making modifications. This is where having that extra money set aside will help with your development of your website for your online access, your online businesses. Uh, We're talking about the small businesses and I'm gonna talk to you a little bit more about that. I'm also gonna talk to you about one of the, a couple of the the, um, government programs that they have here in Canada and how that's supposed to be helping uh, keep everybody going and and financially safe. But we're gonna take our first break of the night And we'll come back and talk about more ideas and more tips that we can maybe help ourselves and help our families with getting through this pandemic. So you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. 2 p.m. Mountain and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspireChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and I am always excited to talk to you about different kinds of financial topics. And tonight, the, uh, the topics, uh, it's a little scary in the sense that we're talking about the pandemic, but when we, when we start to put things in perspective, we're still just talking about money and how that money is going to work for you, or it's going to stay with you, or how you're going to get the money. So through this pandemic, it has been a, a, a very strange and odd environment for everybody, and I know that. And the governments all around the world have been trying to figure out what the best way is to either stimulate or maintain the economy. And that means how do people survive financially if we tell them that they can't go to work? Or if we tell the kids they can't go to school, how does that help advance them or keep them on track? So. Tonight, when we were talking, I just started a little bit before the break about small business, and which is, uh, frankly, that's where my, uh, my passion is for our bookkeeping side. I am a huge fan of small business. I know that they are the biggest piece of the GDP and how important they are. I also know how much work goes into a small business. I've been involved in, a, in our own for many, many, many years, and we've been in and out of different industries And I've enjoyed very, very thoroughly all the businesses that I've gotten to be part of and I, the successes, the failures, you learn from all of them and they're all exciting in their own way. (laughs) But uh, in this way, the excitement is a little bit scary. And when I start to see all these businesses that are not able to reopen or are not looking like they are in a position where they're going to ever reopen at all, uh, it's, it's, it's very sad. It's very, very sad because these people are families that are probably putting a lot of their own savings in it. If not all of their own savings, they've got their family members helping them out. There is a lot, a lot of dedication that goes into that. And it's very hard and very sad to see them not making it. So what I want to talk to you about tonight with the family, with the small businesses and the family businesses is we need to get through the pandemic. So in Canada, there are various programs that are in place and I realize they change all the time and it's hard to keep up and the applications aren't always that easy to to navigate or the rules change on it and you're not sure where the applications are, even if they're ready, but I'm going to give you an example. So CERB, C-E-R-B, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefits, that was a program that the government came out with, the federal government to help people that have, uh, been affected by COVID-19, the uh, shutdown that they weren't able to go to work or their business was shut down, whatever the case is. And it was $2,000 a month. The $2,000 a month they collected for seven months. That's where it went. And then that's how long it went. And then it, it's it been finished. Now they've just released in the last what, week and a half, I guess. Uh, they've got a revised version of this program and it's going to be a thousand dollars every two weeks, so still $2,000 a month. It's just, you know, the way <laughs> the way the language is. But So $1,000 every two weeks, but this time they're withholding the 10% tax off of it. So let's just talk about something simple like that for a minute. That particular program, if you, the, the details, I'll give you just a, a few gist of it, but I mean, you can go to the website to see it if you want on the CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency site. Uh, but for, for the most part, if you worked and you made $5,000 last year on your tax return, and you have been negatively affected by COVID because you can't go to work, or you're self-employed and you can't make money, then you qualify to get this uh, relief money. And this time they're withholding the 10% tax. And I say this time because the 2,000 that people collected for those seven months, it's going to be treated on your tax return next year. So when you file your 2020 taxes in April of 2021, this, say you collected all $14,000, that's income. So that becomes part of your income line. So whatever you learned, whatever you earned in January, February, March, uh, and then you got the SERB money. And then whatever you earn in October, November, December, uh, maybe you didn't get it for all the months. Maybe you only got it for a few months because you were only affected that short time. It doesn't matter what it was. It becomes part of your income. The new program, the modified SERB, we'll call it, Uh, they're withholding 10% so that they're automatically taking that tax because uh, they realized that people aren't going to be prepared now for their taxes. So if next year this creates you owing taxes in some way, shape or form, then you're going to be paying because you've got this extra, this potentially uh not extra income but a different kind of income which we didn't withhold any taxes so we all know that on our you know if you're employed someplace uh you get a um your pay stub every two weeks for example and it tells you what withholdings there are and there's always the line that says tax taxes get withheld the company sent it in on your behalf and then at april when the taxes come around you're like oh i got a refund because once we added everything together i actually overpaid um, or I didn't take enough tax and I, I owe tax. So I pay it. In this case, you're going to, you're going to have to submit this money as tax. So now they're saying, okay, we're going to withhold 10%. And when we calculate April's taxes, now we're going to have taken some tax out of the next part of the program and you might still owe some taxes. So what does this mean? It means you, if you have a disciplined savings program and if you're setting money aside for either today tomorrow and the long-term, then we know in the savings portion of it, you're going to have some money there that's going to pay your taxes. And maybe, maybe some of you were ahead of the game on this and you said, Hey, this $2,000 I got for, maybe I only took it for five months. I got $10,000 and nobody took any taxes. So I'm just going to sit that money aside myself and invest it or save it in a very safe environment So that i have the money for april and if you did that well done that's awesome and i do know some people that did that uh and those are the people that are on more disciplined plans or even have a plan and you don't have to be uh complicated in any way shape or form what you all you have to do your plan doesn't have to be a 12 page plan with pie charts and graphs and make it fancy and sophisticated. It just has to be your plan. It's usually something as simple as a piece of paper that says, this is what we're doing. And this is what we're expecting it to do over time. And that's it. <laughs> it can be something very easy for you. Same with businesses. I find uh, on the bookkeeping side in my practice, there's a lot of businesses who are, and, and I can tell you, every business owner I've met is really good at knowing their business. They know if you're, if you're in the restaurant business, you know, restaurants, you know, about food and you know, about the way to set your tables up and you know about um, what foods to offer and who's a good chef, but you might not be very good at knowing how your books are supposed to be. And you're probably not very good at, putting money aside for a rainy day, because you're not great with your books. And you're probably not thinking about your tax implications of what you're spending and, and how much you're making and what that's going to look like. So the business owners, they're passionate about whatever the industry is that they're in. And they're passionate about doing well. And they sometimes get caught up in the, the pain of the numbers, because it's not their thing. So if you're a really good cook and you've always wanted to own your restaurant, you open up a restaurant, you're still a really good cook, but your restaurant might not make it because you're not paying attention to your costs and you're not paying attention to labor requirements. and You're not paying attention to potential tax implications. And you're not paying attention to requirements for health and safety uh, because you don't know. And it's not your fault that you don't know, but you're still a good cook, but the restaurant might not, not, might not make it. And that's where asking for help is a very noble move. And I am always impressed with people that can reach out and say, Hey, listen, I need help. I'm a good cook. And and I know how to, to cook food and make people happy with my food in my restaurant, but I don't understand why I'm not making money or I don't understand what am I supposed to be paying people? Because I know there's a minimum wage law or I don't understand when I'm supposed to be submitting my, in Canada, HST, because that's what we charge on our um, retail. Uh, I don't, in some cases, and I don't understand uh, what I'm supposed to be doing to get a liquor license. And I don't understand, you know, what's health and safety, you know? So there's nothing wrong with that. It's the people who reach out to ask for help in business that have a better shot of making it and being successful because somebody who's good at numbers and cost controls can look at it and say, well, I can't, I'm not a very good cook, but I am good at knowing when to put your taxes in. And I, and I am good at knowing what health and safety requirements are. And I am good at knowing what the labor law is. And I am good at, you know, keeping bookkeeping balanced and so forth. And those are the people you want to pair together. And it can be, you could have a neighbor or a cousin or somebody that's, that's well-intentioned, but it's not their thing. And that can be just as damaging as not doing it at all. So I've seen cases where businesses have um, had the wrong people handling their numbers and their bookkeeping, and it has gotten them into a world of hurt. And you want to be sure that you get the right person. And and just as a side note, I know cost comes up a l- awful lot, and there's a, there's a varying degree of, of what accountants and so forth charge in our industry. But sometimes you do like. Good cooks, you sometimes get what you pay for, and you have to be awful careful and evaluate it and don't be afraid to ask for references for small businesses and don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to make a list of questions you have and then bring them up because remember whoever is doing your help helping you and yet you're paying them to do your numbers and your bookkeeping and so forth, uh, they work for you. <laughs> so just remember that they work for you and Um, I I just find that people are afraid of hurting other people's feelings so that they don't ask. And if I could tell you one thing is just ask, don't be afraid of that. This is your business. This is, and your business is your baby. So uh, I know every business owner I've ever come, myself included, uh, you have a very strong, passionate connection to your baby, which is your business and you want to see it do well. Um, we have hit our second break. Wow. Last time I, I messed up a little bit and I'm always very grateful for my producer because Jen's awesome and <laughs> she tries to keep me on track. So I'm going to do it right this time and I'm going to take our second break and then we'll come back and we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about saving for this pandemic and just generally saving to be successful in your business and in your personal life. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after this break.
0: Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back everyone you are listening to financially speaking on the inspired choices network and i'm your host kathy cook noble and tonight we're talking about the pandemic and the effect on our finances both in small business and in our personal households so just to carry on from where we we're talking about different programs in small business uh, i'm going to share with you a couple of programs that actually were offered in canada so if you're out there and you're a small business in Canada, this, this is for you. This is specifically for you. There was a program set up, the Canadian Emergency um, Business Account, and SEBA is what it is. And what that is, is a $40,000 uh, loan from the government that they were giving to all small businesses that qualified. The qualifications were based on your um, wages and your T4 summary that you submitted last year. So it was basically, that's, it was that simple. Your, it had nothing to do with revenue or profitability. It was based on your T4 summary, summary and the comparison, what your, what your wages are, um, so that you can qualify for this $40,000 loan. And this $40,000 loan is uh, interest-free until December, 2022. And in December, 2022, if you pay back 30,000 out of the 40, then 10,000 of it is forgiven as a grant. And that is calculated by the end of this year to show if you've used all 40,000, if you haven't used it, then you don't get a grant because you didn't use the money. Uh, You just give it back. If, or if you only used half of it, then you get half of it as a grant. So you get a portion of it. So it's all, there's a little bit of a calculation. It's not hard. It's on their website, but uh, say you use the 40,000. And then two years from now in December, 2022, you repay the 30. And if you don't, then it automatically rolls over into a capital loan and the interest rate is fixed already. So you already know how you're going to be. And I think it's somewhere around the four or 5% range. So that is one program that exists for Canadians and how, um, how you can get some money towards your business. Um, there's, there's different, ways to get the loan. It is, uh, it was based on your, um, wages, like I mentioned that T4 summary. So if you take the loan and you don't need it, then you can, because there's no provision to say, I actually don't need the money, but you have to pay the 10000 or the 30000 back in the two years, the same as everybody else, and you do get the $10,000 as a grant. So, yeah, there's a lot of businesses that will take that, and did take it, that didn't necessarily need it right now. However, not knowing what the future holds, they might need it down the road within that next two-year period, two years and a few months, actually. So if they need it down the road, then they now have it sitting there for them as an extension of that, the government has come out again, they're just in the last couple of weeks, they're starting to reveal some new programs and they're adding an extension onto this to say, we're going to give you another $20,000. And of that 10,000 will be forgiven in December, 2022, if you pay it back. So in total, you in two different stages, you will have $60,000 that the government has given you. And will be forgiven if you pay it back in December of 2022. So again, this is, it sounds like a lot of money and and it is for some small businesses, that is a lot of money, but it's also what you're going to get for the next two years. And some people who got it at the beginning, it's two and a half years. So that money is going to get you whatever help that you need. Over this next little hump of, and for them to give you a couple of years to pay it back, you know that means it's a lot of sales you have to meet make up. Because here's the thing that people don't understand necessarily, and not to be critical, but if you were shut down in the pandemic, completely shut down, so you could not be open in uh, let's say April, May, and June. That's three months, three months of no sales, and this money, if you were one of the recipients could go towards your expenses because you still have to pay your expenses, like your rent, your hydro, whatever the case is. And I'm going to talk to you about a rent program that they have as well, because there is one. But um, if you had to pay these expenses, I can tell you, it doesn't matter what happens to this economy and it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You can never make up the three months of income that you lost. You can't all of a sudden come back and open your doors. You're closed April, May and June and then July 1st you reopen and all of a sudden your sales doubled because you're not gonna get April's sales in July and you're not gonna get May's sales in August as well as the sales. You're not gonna get June sales in September. You see what I mean? You're not gonna, you're paying for three months that you're not open, but you're not gonna all of a sudden get three months where you've got double the sales to make up for the sales you missed. It doesn't work like that. And that's the reality of business. That's the risk of business. And that's what's scary about the business the small businesses right now, because that's what's happening. They've got all these expenses that they're responsible for, but there's no way for them to make up three months of sales that are are, are not going to come through. So even when you reopen in July, for example, in this case that I'm giving an example of, uh, you probably didn't open it back at 100% capacity, which means your sales aren't at 100% capacity, but your expenses are still, in some cases, at 100% capacity. So your You're upside down when it comes to sales and and revenue and expenses. And this is one of the biggest problems of balancing it through this pandemic for small business, because they have to be able to figure out how am I going to pay these expenses and make up for the lost sales if I am able to do it. And that's where a lot of them are making that transition to online that I mentioned before. And restaurants that didn't do takeout started to do takeout. Restaurants that didn't have patios started to get patios, even if it's a parking lot with the string around it to block off an area that's now called patio. And that's how, as they're starting, the um, reopening started to unfold, some of these businesses and and, uh, restaurants in this case, were able to start to have sales again, and they kept this up. So if you, uh, some of the businesses who did not have an online presence before, and they started to shift to an online presence. Now they're going to have their normal, I'll say, business. they what they normally had, with is still operating at lower capacity, but they're also adding through, uh, adding to that, the online portion of it that they started. So now they're trying to boost the revenue as quick as they can. Uh, and I'm not. It's certainly not easy. And I feel for the everyone in business because it's uh an awful lot of work and it's a challenge because you have to come up you don't just have to come up with the how do i transition to do something else it's how do i transition and how do i get it implemented and do i have the money to do it so that's what these these um the business loan from the government was for to help with that and cover your expenses in addition to that we also had something called the rent subsidy program and That program unfortunately didn't get the usage that I think the government was hoping it would. And I'll tell you why. The way the program is set up currently, if you are a tenant and you're renting your space, your restaurant, you don't own the business, you have a landlord and you're renting, and let's pretend your rent is $10,000 a month and you are closed, so you have no sales. So you have no sales coming in, but you still have to pay $10,000 a month because you signed a lease, you have to do this. So the government came out with this rent subsidy and said, if you're a tenant, then what we're prepared to do is your landlord has to apply for this program and we'll pay your landlord 50% of your rent. So we'll pay them $5,000 to $10,000 every month. In return, you will pay 25%, which is $2,500 out of $10,000. And 25% will be forgiven. So you will pay $2,500. So if you were shut down, let's pretend in my my example I gave you, you're shut down with April, May, and June. Then if, and I say if, and I'm stressing if, if if you could see me and we were writing, I'd have if in bold letters and highlighted. um, If the landlord chose to participate then the landlord was taking a 25% cut on your rent. That's what's happened. So when I said to you, this program didn't get taken advantage of like the government thought it would, that's why, because the landlords weren't taking a haircut of 25%. So a lot of place, and I can tell you, I know a lot of people that did not get the rent relief, um, rent subsidy because the landlords didn't apply and you could not apply as a tenant. So, the government came out and they said, Hey, we noticed a lot of people didn't participate in this program because the money we had earmarked for it is still pretty substantial compared to what we thought it was going to be. So there there's, now this is not for sure, but I have seen and heard some modifications are coming and they're going to redo this program in a different way. And uh, that redo is going to be where the tenant can apply directly and they can ask for relief. And I believe, and I don't quote me on this cause I don't have all the exact numbers. I haven't seen the final, the final, final um, program yet but I have seen some, uh, some articles that are insinuating it's going to be a 65% for the tenant. So now if you have a $10,000 a month rent the government is going to pay $6,500 and you will pay the, the difference of the, the rent. So in this case, you'd pay your, what, 3,500. So that's how I've heard the modifications coming out with the program. I'm, I'm anxious to see and I'm watching for it. I haven't seen it yet, so if it's out and you know that, then send me the link because I obviously haven't seen it yet. But that is um, one of the programs that looks like it's going to be modified and uh resent out. So that will be very helpful. So through this pandemic, uh, we have a lot of these different programs that have come out. So now not only do you have to reposition your business potentially uh, to something online or find a, uh, if you're a restaurant, to find a patio and, and modify how your, your uh, dining room is going to be set up. But now you also have to be on top of are there programs out there that I qualify for? Do I want to participate in them? Can I participate in them? When's the deadline? How much money is it? What do I need to qualify for it? And and these are areas that a small business uh, really needs, I think sometimes really needs a lot of help with. And again, don't be afraid to reach out if there's somebody that's done it or somebody that you know that can help with it, uh, get some help. And in that case, I do know in our, in our particular industry Uh, there's a lot of questions about it and how to administer it and how we do it for our clients. So just, if you're a small business, you do not have to have somebody do this for you, but just make sure you know about them and that you apply. There's also a wage subsidy program that came out and that was where the government was paying. There's two actually. One is where you can get 10% applied to your source deductions. And then there's a second where you get uh, 75% applied from the wages and they reimburse you the check. So but you can't collect both. So just don't double dip. (laughs) Um, But just watch for the different programs and plug yourself in when you see one that, that makes sense for you. And just remember if it's a program that it's the rent subsidy, that's a grant. If it's a program um, that is the $40,000, you know, emergency bank account that I told you about, uh, that you have another part of it two years down the road where you have to pay it back. So that is a little bit of the programs available. Now I'm going to take our last break of the night and then we'll wrap up some tips that we can come up with about being a little defensive with our personal finances. So we stay on track and our business stays on track and we just hold each other, um, accountable to keeping us on track and we get through this pandemic together so you are listening to financially speaking with myself kathy cook noble on the inspired choices network don't go anywhere we'll be right back
0: too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspire Choices Network. And the last little bit we want to wrap up tonight of our conversation about the pandemic and finances is let's make us a defensive strategy, if you will. Um, and this can be for everybody, you know, businesses, personal, um, family, doesn't matter. So some of the defensive moves, if you will, that we're going to make, I would say, uh, look at your mortgage and I'm not telling you to do any of this. This is not advice. (laughs) Uh, Everyone's different. When I tell you this, everyone's different. Even if it sounds like I'm talking to you or about you, everyone's different, has a different plan, but have a look at your mortgage. Rates have never been lower. And if you're in a situation where you could remortgage if you need to remortgage. Now's probably the time to do it because the rates are so low. Uh, it might be worth paying the fee to break the mortgage because uh, you'll get a much lower interest rate. So that's something you might want to have a look at to see. If, um, if it is great and it works, if it doesn't, that's okay. There's lots of op- different opportunities for you. Take some of the risk maybe out of your investment portfolio. So if you're invested, now would be a good time to meet with your advisor and see if you should be taking some risk out of it. Uh, Make sure maybe you need to rebalance it and uh, it could be something that simple. And You might need to sell enough of your stocks or equities to get back to the target mix, uh, whatever your asset mix is. Uh, This is where they come into play. Um, or and I don't recommend this most to most people because it, it certainly depends on your situation. But I, I definitely don't recommend that you completely take yourself out of the market because over the long term, this stuff uh, definitely has a big impact on you because you cannot time the market. I say that all the time, and I'm going to say it again tonight you can't time the market, you can't time when to get in, and you can't time when to get out as the highest and the lowest points. So I don't recommend that you take yourself completely out of the market, but rebalancing and having a look on what you're in, maybe lowering your risk and shifting a little bit around. Not a problem. You can do that. Um, if you're doing it yourself, have a look at yourself. If you're doing it with an advisor, talk to your advisor, uh, contact your lending institutions. Uh, there are a lot of programs right now for debt payments and deferrals, but I'm going to warn you with a big red highlight. If it's a deferral, that means you've got to pay it later. So if you're deferring a payment, be prepared that you're going to pay it down the road and not far away down the road. So to just give you an idea, there was more than 750,000 people. Yeah. 750,000 people that have either skipped or deferred their mortgage payment in this pandemic, the total deferrals. And I'm talking about Canada only is about a billion dollars a month. That is a lot of money and a lot of zeros a billion dollars a month. So those deferrals that last six months, that means that they're going to be ending soon. And you're going to be paying the deferral. So you're going to be paying uh, a little bit more than your monthly because you're now paying maybe one and a half months instead of just your normal one month mortgage. So if you're doing these deferrals, make sure you're looking down the road six months and say, okay, what's my income going to be like? Am I going to be back at work or am I going to be collecting the government uh, subsidy? And if that's the case, you know how much that is because they tell you, then rejig your expenses and say, where can I save? Um, where can I cut? And is there a way for me to uh, look at my income to either get back to a position where I'm making it, you know, depending on if you work for yourself, um, when you think your business is opening again, or if it's where you work for somebody else, you're, you don't have the the control to work there uh, without the government without the employer telling you. So just keep that stuff in mind. Um, The other thing is, exploit some opportunities that the renters might have. So rents, and and I know in Toronto and Vancouver and even Montreal, they're saying that um, condo rents are down about 20% on average. So maybe rents are falling because they've reduced the demand for condos. Uh, This is something that you can look into and uh, squeezing as much as you can from your savings. And by that, I don't mean taking it out. I mean, make sure if, you've, if you're if you saving up money, and I'm super impressed and happy and proud if you are, but if you are only saving up money and you're socking away a lot of extra money into your savings account in the bank, like for example, you're probably not making any interest, uh, if at all. So if you're making any interest, it'll be very, 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 very little. Um, I would suggest squeeze as much as you can out of it by putting your money into some go talk to your advisor and put your money into something that isn't high risk, but at least it's going to earn you a little bit of interest on it. And I can tell you right now, GICs is not the, the winning <laughs> saving grace because they've been hit really hard. Their rates are really low. So have a look and see if some of those uh, opportunities are out there for you. And if they are, take advantage of them. It's a, it's a great way for you to save your money. And it's a great way for you to make your money. So I always tell people making money is and saving money is the same thing. So if you cut out expenses, if you can save more money, that's the same as if you made more because you have more money in your pocket. So just because you may not be working or you can't go back to work for a while, doesn't mean that you're in a position where you can't do anything. You can still control your expenses. And if that looks if that looks like remortgaging going through and, and getting your mortgage looked at, that could lower your mortgage because the interest rates could go down. Uh, maybe it could be an opportunity for you to um, cut down on the outside ordering. Uh, and I struggle to say this because you wanna support the small businesses and takeout, But on the other hand, you have to be careful of your financial um, budget in your house. So maybe you don't order as much takeout. So that these are different areas that you can be looking at. And, and honestly, you don't need to be streaming every single type of movie and every single streaming company that is out there. So um, with that, I will uh, be joining you again next week. And join us again on all our shows here on the Inspired Choices Network. And stay safe, stay well, and Stay looking at your finances. We'll be back next week and we will talk about more topics that are of interest and helpful hopefully to everybody out there.
0: Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you design.